welcome to this very special live edition of the Casual Shooters podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. Now tonight, as you've seen, if you saw the advertisement on Instagram, uh, I have two special guests. Many of you are going to be familiar with the first one. Uh, He's a high-level practical shooter, travels around the country, and provides firearms instruction. Name is Tim Heron. I'm sure you've heard of him. But you may not be as familiar with my second guest. I I didn't even know about the company until just recently. He's the marketing manager for Ace Virtual Shooting. I actually met him at uh, Prairie Fire Beyond the Berm event in Nevada, where I actually had the opportunity to try out their system. Um, which is a very bad idea. If you have an addicting personality, don't do it. It's like trying to do heroin one time. So with that, join me in welcoming Noah, Senta, and Tim Heron to the show. How are you doing, guys? We're doing great. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Um, There's been a lot of hubbub on the interwebs about the Ace virtual reality stuff, and it's all... um, earned because this thing's pretty special. So Noah, I'm going to, I'm going to actually let you introduce yourself first. If you would take a moment and introduce who you are and how you got involved in this system. Yeah, Dave. Uh, so my name is Noah Sinta. I'm the marketing manager here at Ace. Uh, I'm also a practical shooter myself. I shoot USPSA. I'm a class in PCC and carry optics, hopefully M or, or GM this year, if, if things go my way. Um, and how I got involved with Ace. So Basically, there was a prototype version of ACE called VRPS or VR Practical Shooting that was out about two years ago, um, and it was created by uh, our lead product developer named Aaron Lee. And basically during COVID, uh, he liked to trap. So he lives in London, and he likes to do practical shooting too, and so there's a problem there with the geography. So he had to travel to the United States, travel to other countries in Europe, and uh, he wasn't really able to do that in COVID, so he developed uh, VRPS uh, and, you know, really had the attention to detail in terms of the ballistics, but he was just a one-man crew and wasn't doing this for money. It was just kind of a hobby. I picked up that game uh, as soon as I saw a video of somebody running around in their in their backyard shooting live stages. I was like, this looks awesome. I realized that VR is only, you know, at the time was like 350 bucks for a Quest 2. It didn't require a PC, all of that. And I was like, I, in my mind at that time, VR was $1,000, $2,000, and it was some crazy technology that I never tried. So I picked that up, uh, became a power user, really loved the game, um, and you know worked with him uh, you know, just on a, a friendly level. I was like, oh, we should change this. We should, we should add this. We should do this. And he took a lot of my advice, became good friends. Uh, and then last summer, there was kind of a good position uh, for, for an opening there, and I joined. And... Uh, Kind of the rest is history and basically everybody on our team are shooters practical shooters or military uh and we really focus on uh the realism of the game and the attention to detail so okay tim why don't you take a moment and reacquaint everybody with who you are <laughs> so i'm <laughs> tim heron uh the owner and uh and sole proprietor of tim heron shooting llc so i uh i've been a uspsa uh, USPSA competitor, kind of at the upper levels, probably, uh, started shooting in 2010. I've uh, been in, kind of shooting at the upper levels since about 2015. Uh, I think I'm a three or four division GM now. Um, and uh, my, my primary, uh, 
primary source of income now. I mean, as, as a full-time traveling trainer. So I travel all over the United States, uh, providing practical shooting and uh, performance-based pistol shooting training to, uh, to everything from hobbyists to competitors to law enforcement, to, uh, you name it, I'll, I'll teach it. So, but uh, yeah, uh, for me, I saw uh, who kind of got me going on this and got me interested in the system was uh, an associate of mine, a guy by the name of Matt Little, who owns a Greybeard, uh, Greybeard Actual. Matt's also a, a very high level uh, competitive shooter and trainer. And I think he's been kind of working with Ace, I think almost, almost, almost since like the beta system um, and, and had it for quite a while. And so I sat down with Matt. Matt was telling me how great it was and all. And then, of course, Matt strapped his headset on me and, uh, and let me go to town with it, you know, like over a weekend when he hosted me and AJ Zito for a class there back in December. And I was like, oh, my God, I, this is awesome. Um, and I, I saw a lot of viability for other things that we could do with it as well. So it interests me enough that as soon as I got home, you know, I mean, well, the holidays were amongst, you know, among us. So kind of got through the holidays and uh, it kind of made a, a couple of comments on Instagram. I think that Noah kind of picked up on where I was like, man, I'm very interested in that. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to, to buy a setup and, uh, and start working with it. So, and here we are. 90,000 virtual rounds later. Yeah. 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 So who's winning the virtual reality reloading war, you or Matt? <laughs> I think Matt's up for right now, but I think Tim okay. is fast approaching. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. We weren't counting the rounds properly up until I want to say two or three months ago. So Matt did have a lot more rounds before then, uh, but they're just not, they're not properly recorded. So, mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So Noah, why don't you um, set the stage for exactly what is ACE virtual reality? Like what is the system? Yeah, so ACE is a combination between software and hardware. So our VR app runs on the MetaQuest 2 and 3. This is a 3 right here. And for the, those of you that don't know, um, the Oculus, you know, MetaQuest 2 and 3 are the most common VR headsets. You can buy them anywhere. And we kind of marry that with a handset uh, proprietary that physically interacts with the controller mechanically. So it's got a, a, a real take-up. Uh, see, there we go. Uh, break and take-up. And, uh, you know, about a four pound trigger is stock on there. got a working magazine release, uh, weighs about 29 ounces with the controller. So, uh, we really tried to pair the physical hardware, the way it, it points and shoots in the game, uh, to kind of combine each other to, uh, create like a virtual reality shooting experience. That is a lot more than just dry fire. I mean, there's dry fire, uh, you know, you can get good technique in there, but it's also fun. It's interactive, it's social, there's leaderboards. And so we're really trying to take this. Uh, into a new product category. So it's it's not just a training tool, it's shooting in virtual, so. Okay. That is, now I've not, um, I've not done anything virtual reality. So does someone need any type of experience or expertise or is this something that anybody can just pick up, connect, put on pretty easily? Yeah, so that's the really cool part about it. Um, when you're playing the game, if you're a shooter and you you get into it, you're going to be basically instantly nailing the targets. There might be a couple seconds of wonder and shock as you're looking around and seeing this whole new virtual environment around you. But 
besides just you know navigating the menus, normal computer stuff, uh, there's not really a learning curve. You don't need to be a gamer. You just need to uh, be a shooter or be willing to want to learn to become a shooter because uh, the buttons in the game too are not very complicated. There's basically pulling the trigger, the magazine release, a, one joystick, and then two single buttons. And that's basically everything that you're going to be doing in the game. So Tim, when you got the system, how long did it take you to get it up and running and start pulling the trigger for real? Uh, I would say probably no more than 10, 15 minutes. So um, when you when you purchase the system, right? So like I was going to order the, the Quest 3 via like Meta uh, right after Christmas or whatever, and actually ended up finding it at my local Walmart uh, just down the road for, was it uh, a Quest 3 is 500 bucks. Um, you can buy a Quest 2, um, and for all intents and purposes, if, if like you're really, you're really just more interested in kind of like the A system, I don't recommend anything more than a Quest 2 uh, system to, to be able to, to, to run the, uh, the Ace virtual reality on. So a Quest 2 costs you about 250 bucks, and it comes with everything you need. It comes with the headset, the two controllers, um, and then you, you basically you get on Ace's website, and you sign up for a one-year subscription. It's like 240 bucks. Um, and I think it's like $20 for shipping or whatnot. And they ship you the controller. So um, basically, I ordered the, the I ordered the Ace system like two days before I went out and bought the uh, went out and bought the, the Quest 3, right? And uh, so basically, by the time I had everything in hand, uh, you put the controller in the you, you put the Quest controller in the in the pistol, and it's you're, you're basically ready to go. So you, you put on the put on the headset. Um, you had to download the Ace app, and it gives you a, a four digit or I'm sorry, a six digit pin number. So, you know, when you sign on, you log in the first time. You you type in the pin number and you use the pistol basically just to point at everything. So everything is basically done with the trigger. So you you plug in your 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 ID pin number or whatever, and boom, you're logged in the system. You're ready to go. So I mean, it like there was no like waiting for like these, you know, crazy software to be uploaded and it takes a ton of memory and all of this stuff. I mean, it, it was literally a couple of click, a couple of keystrokes and a couple of strokes with the trigger to get set up uh, on it. And you're, you're in your, what they call their hut, you know, which is like your range clubhouse and you're ready to shoot. You got everything from practice drills to uh, drills of the day to all sorts of like drills, anything between uh, steel and paper to movement exercises, to stand and shoot drills, to, I mean, and of course, then there's other gaming aspects of it as well. There's like whack-a-mole where plates pop up at different distances. There's a, there's a zombie, uh, a zombie game. If you've got the Quest 360, you could do the hybrid reality stuff. So it basically, you're like watching balloons, like inflate in your, in your actual room that you're in and you can shoot balloons. And I mean, there's, I mean, there's tons of things that you can do with it that are, secondary even to just the primary like okay i'm going to use this as a you know as like a a supplement to dry fire and you know shoot it just as like a as a as a trainer i mean there's there's all sorts of things to to, to be to be said about it and be able to do with it but yeah you can be up and running in five minutes ten oh, times wow. yeah okay yeah I, I don't do anything else virtual so i i guess i would do the quest two then because that that would be the only thing i used it for now I, i'm gonna throw something on the screen real quick and we'll get to it in a minute but Noah, is there anything in particular i would miss if i didn't get the quest three 
Yeah, so there is a couple things that uh, that uh, Tim missed. Uh, one of the biggest things I would say that's kind of like, uh, you know, make it or break it for people is you want the Quest 3 if you wear glasses. Because uh, the lenses on the Quest 3 are a lot shallower and wider. And they allow basically any head size glasses shape to work with it. Where on the Quest 2, that okay. can be a little bit of a nightmare. Um, additionally, uh, just the other small perks besides uh, the mixed reality thing, which we're looking to improve in the future, is uh, just the resolution and frame rate is a little bit higher on the Quest 3. And as shooting is a visual sport, um, it's you know very important to be able to see well. So uh, as somebody who's used to the Quest 3 now, going back to the Quest 2, it makes it harder. Uh, but if you're trying to save money, um, our handset's compatible with both. We ship it with both hooks. So you could buy Ace, buy a used Quest 2 on Facebook Marketplace or something. They're pretty cheap there. They're like 100 bucks, 120 bucks because yep. um, Quest 3 is out and then you could upgrade in the future. That's another option too. But uh, yeah, the big thing is, is the glasses and the mixed reality. So uh, I went ahead and popped this um, comment up. One of the things I was going to ask you later is there, you know, and we'll still get to it at some point was as you go along and add stuff. Um, I know I spoke with Connor and I know there are plan and Aaron and you yeah. at Prairie fire. And I know there are plans, but are there specific plans for specific models? Like this guy is asking, like Rick is asking. Yeah. So we can't disclose any of that right now, but I will say okay. that the way that this is designed, um, let's see if you can see it. You see there's a pin there and a pin there. So it's kind of a fire control unit system that holds the controller and the frame just pops out with two pins. So we kind of future-proofed it. So as we do get more partnerships with other companies, uh, we can look into you know building out more official frames. Um, so definitely a possibility in the future, but no concrete plans. Okay. All right. I will say... You know, it just like kind of tossed my two cents in there. Like I've been primarily a 1911, 2011 shooter my entire career. Um, you know, I like, so Matt Little has one of the original like staccato based 2011 uh, original ACE pistols. Yeah. And which oh, I was like, okay. I'm sold. I got to have that. And I've really <laughs> not found there to be any, any deficiency, you know, like in my skill set at all, uh, running kind of the, the P320 style. Uh, controller of the Artrex controllers now, um, as far as like, well, it's a hinge trigger versus a trigger bar trigger and, and all of those things. Like, honestly, when you're, when you're pressing the trigger, whether it be in Wi-Fi or dry fire in the game or with different pistols, I've, I've not personally noticed any kind of detriment to like, well, I'm training with this thing, but then when I go to dry fire with my 1911s or I'm going out to my actual range and shooting live fire, there's a significant difference. It's not been that, like, it's not been my experience at all. Yeah. It might be a little bit more if you were shooting a CZ or a Glock, just cause they have different grip angles with, you know, Glock being steeper yeah. CZ kind of having the, the hump and then the, the high, right. uh, you know what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, if you're shooting a Beretta 1911, 2011, 320, uh, that those sort of things with a more neutral, um, and universal grip angle, then yeah, mm -hmm. this, this carries over, you know, I shoot a 2011 myself. So it's, basically the same index. Um, yeah. Now, Tim, you even, I saw on, on Instagram where you set up a whole rig just for this. I do. Yeah. So, and, and then, so here's, 
here's where I don't want to say it gets expensive because it really doesn't have to get expensive. Like if it gets as expensive as you want it, I guess. If you've been in the practical shooting sports for longer than about 10 minutes, you've probably got a plethora of extra belts, um, old inner outer belts as you, you know, as you kind of just go through different changes and things that you like, things that you don't like. So, um, you know, I knew that I had, you know, a couple of old like double alpha or CR speed, like inner and outer belts, you know, set aside. Um, you'd, obviously, you don't need mag pouches or anything for it. But um, knowing that it was a P320 uh, style controller. Now, I will say the like the absolute uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like the measurements on the P3 on the Artrex controller versus like an actual P320. They're not exactly like thousands to the thousandth in scale. So the controller tends to be just a little bit thicker than a standard P320. But like if you're running a single layer Kydex holster or you've got an extra layer or an extra single layer Kydex holster. So for me, I have, I don't know, two or three uh, old Blatech holsters laying around. So I took the top retention screw out of one of my old Blatex P320 holsters. And lo and behold, the, the pistol controller fits in it just perfectly. So like I, now I can work I, I can supplement my dry fire, um, you know, with, with the exception of reloads and, you know, actual like gun handling and slide manipulation, I can supplement my dry fire as far as target transitions, um, stagecraft, things like that with, uh, with the A system and actually get in my reps too with, you know, with the draw from, draw from a holster and all that good stuff. So yeah. I mean, so, even a, even a cheap blade tech holster, I'm sure you could probably find one again, like on a Facebook marketplace or a, yep. you know, a USBSA exchange or something for probably, you know, peanuts, 20 to 50 bucks or so. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't know a practical shooter out there that doesn't have at least one to two extra, like, you know, inner and outer belt someplace. And, and so like, I, I've got a belt rig set up for it. So there are times that I'll put the entire belt rig on and I want to work from the holster. And then there are other times that like you see, you see somebody like absolutely, you know, like crushing it on the, uh, you know, on the leaderboards and you know, they're not doing it from the holster and you're like, okay, I'm just going to go from low ready and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to. I'm going to try to throw down some, some, some top scores on there too. But so, I mean, you can make it as realistic as you want, or it can be a game, you know, I mean, it, it, but I, I see just even as a trainer and somebody that like, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty emphatic about, you know, my amount of dry fire time and live fire time and things like I see it as a, as a legit training tool as well. It's not a replacement for dry fire, but it is a hell of a supplement for dry fire. Yeah. And Tim, one thing to touch on, um, we're having an in-house holster that's going to be available uh, relatively affordably somewhere between, oh. you know, 45 and $59. I don't know exactly where it's going to land, but uh, it's universal for lefties and right hand. It will. Yeah. Yeah. So the way we designed it, um, <laughs> it's going to be, I believe, uh, you know, the normal three bolt pattern as well as QLS uh, uh, compatible. Oh, wow and on left and right side and it's going to come stock with like a paddle so that way anybody can kind of throw it on their belt or their jeans but you oh, can perfect. add an aftermarket attachment so yeah so that should be available like around a... april oh april okay that's awesome so yeah even if you had a stiff everyday carry belt you can yeah. just use the paddle holster and slap it right in there yeah Yep. Yeah. And the, and the idea is to make it as accessible as possible. So it's not really aimed specifically at practical shooters. It's just anybody who wants to, you know, use it with whatever clothing or belt that they're using, it can work, but you can also toss it onto a, you know, inner outer competition belt and it'll work as well. Very now cool. the one, 
the one thing I did learn though, um, at Prairie Fire from you guys, when we talked about appendix and concealed carry stuff is that you just have to be careful with the clothing covering it because then it messes with the sensors, but you can yeah. still put it in those positions. You just need to make sure that the sensors can sense it and then you're good. Yeah. And, and that's another kind of quest two versus quest 3.2. You see the quest two has a, has a ring on the outside where the quest three doesn't. So yeah. if you're kind of doing inside the waistband draws. This gets, gets in the way a little bit more, uh, but looks like it's going to be the three. Yeah. I, I think I'm printing. <laughs> <laughs> are you printing or are you happy, just happy to see me? I don't know. <laughs> but wow. yeah, like you said, yeah, you want to make sure that it's not covered by Cause sometimes it'll pick it up in time if you have a covered garment, but it's a lot more reliable. You know, if you're just kind of like, sometimes if I'm shooting my carry gun at a match, I'll tuck in my shirt, use an appendix holster and then use inside the waistband pouches. So I guess I'm not getting the full carry experience, but I'm still kind of practicing with the, my carry gear uh, without the cover garment, if that makes sense. And that's kind of how you would have to use it in ace. So, Yeah. And now, Tim, I got to ask you something because I did about six years worth of training people in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So when I was first playing with this, I was like, oh. And then when I saw that you could have more than one people in a room together, I was like, virtual training 100 so that's that's the biggest draw that i've got with it and i've sat down with noah and connor both um and kind of expressed my interest in being able to utilize this system you know as a trainer so one of the things that i offer you know for folks that that you know that can't possibly come to a class is i offer uh you know one hour online or virtual training sessions where you know like using things like skype or zoom um, or facetime um, you know, in the comfort of your own home, we can do things like either on the range or in dry fire together, like, you know, at home and, uh, and help students that way. This just gives me a completely like a, a whole nother, you know, spectrum of a, a possibility to be able to work with, uh, work with a potential student, um, you know, in, in a, in a setting where we can actually share the range together. So I've actually utilized it once already for kind of a virtual training system, a virtual training session Ooh. with a, with a guy already who was just like, dude, how are you shooting some of these particular arrays and how are you doing this? And how are you doing that? And man, I'm trying to push this and I'm just, I just don't know what I'm, you know, like you kind of just don't know what you don't know kind of thing. And yeah. so schedule the time and we've jumped, we both jumped on together and uh, I was able to coach him through and increase his hit factor on a couple of the stages, you know, significantly just in like being able to like him being able to like see what he needs to see, um, being able to and, and like experiment with things, too. So, you know, a couple of things that I've got, you know, kind of in the folds, I've been keeping notes and things that I like things that I really, really like. Obviously, I kind of report back to Noah, not quite daily, but I say we're. I see I'm kind of keeping him informed, you know, a couple of times a week on things that I see, um, things that I like. Uh, there haven't been really many things that I don't like other than um, I wish there was a way to adjust the dot brightness in the game. I think that's something that maybe for future, that would be really, really cool. Cause I, for me, it's very, very bright. Um, I wish you could dim it down a little bit. Um, I think it would also be neat to kind of play around with like dot occlusion yep. uh, and being able to incorporate that in the game as well, especially for people that are kind of new to red dots. This is a great way to get a ton of reps and a ton of time in behind a, you know, a gun with a dot 
without having to go to the range and break the bank with ammunition to do so. Um, and then a couple of the other things too would be like from a training aspect, it would be neat to be able to do a shared screen with somebody kind of in that multiplayer room where I actually am seeing what they're seeing behind their goggles, right? So like, as they're bringing the gun up, am I see, like, am I seeing what they're seeing as far as, are they aligning the dot to the target? Are they stopping the gun on the target when they're pressing the trigger? Or are they sweeping the gun through so that, you know, as an instructor, those are kind of some of the things that you can also then go back and be like, Hey, I saw you do this. And they're like, no, 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 I didn't. I'm like, yeah, but I saw it. Like I legit, <laughs> you saw. and I think that's a, that's a really cool feature that, we can't crawl inside somebody's brain or inside their eyes on the range and see what they're seeing. But something like this is the next best thing. And it's something that would allow you to, to truly be able to see what a shooter sees or what a student sees behind the gun. So, yeah, I mean, I've got, I don't know, I've got tons of ideas and tons of things and, and that, you know, that I think would make the system very viable for trainers, uh, you know, to be able to utilize as well for virtual training and, you know, virtual sessions too. So now and Noah's I know it's a subscription service. Um but it's there's just one level, correct? Like one level yes, of subscription you get so yeah. you don't have to like tear it out or anything. Yeah, currently uh so we just launched basically publicly uh about seven weeks ago or so. So right now we just have an annual subscription, 228 a year. Uh, that comes with the gun, comes with access to the app. Uh, the only thing else you need is the headset. So, Okay. But there, there is room potentially for other tiers and stuff like that in the future. But we just, you know, we're not there yet. So okay. if I may, one of the yeah. things, one of the biggest concerns I see from folks that are interested in the system and they're like, ah, I wish it were just a flat, you know, even if it were a hundred bucks, you know, and that was it. And you just got everything. And I've tried to tell people, I'm like, okay, well, here's the thing, right? Development costs a lot of money, right? And it costs a lot of time for engineers and developers to continually add new things to, to the system. Um, the leaderboards constantly refresh weekly. So the scores you set today are not the scores that are going to stand next week. And you're going to have to do it all over again. That takes time for somebody to go in there and continuously update those things as well. Um, so the 200, like I look at it at $240 or $230 and you get the controller with it as well. It seems kind of pricey, but at the end of the day, like as practical shooters, I, I looked at that $230 cost is like, well, dude, that's a cost of one case. That's one case, one, 1000 round case of nine millimeter ammo. And in the three and a half weeks I've been, I've been using the system. I've exceeded 90,000 trigger presses, 90,000 rounds expended in the system for 200 for the cost of one case of ammo like come on now you know so like in the grand scheme yeah. of things it's a it's a drop in the bucket at 230 dollars a year for a subscription for everything that you're getting in the system and the constant updates the constant additions to things that uh that noah and the, and the crew have got in store to continually add and make the system viable for not only just a, a fun game, but also a trainer. Yeah. And to touch on that, Tim, um, you know, so we have a US based development team in house. We're not outsourcing anything. Um, everybody's very dedicated to the game and we try to release new updates every couple of weeks. So two to three weeks is what we what we aim for. New guns, new stages. Uh, there should be a, a new update coming very soon. So uh, uh, stay tuned for that. But some very exciting things in there. <laughs> 
Okay. And, and Tim, I, I think you're being, um, generous with the price of ammo. Cause I, I think, I think a case of nine mil is probably averaging about 300 bucks. So um, at, it kind of depends on what you buy. Like CCI, it Blazer, does. CCI Blazer, a case of CCI Blazer from a couple different places, about 230, $240 shipped to your door. So, I mean, so basically looking at it for a case of cheap ammo is what you're getting, you know, in a, in the, in the ACE system. And like I said, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. So. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, I, I was using $300 as an average, which I don't think is yeah. outrageous. That's, that's $27,000 you just spent virtually. Yep. It actually says that in the game where you, where you shoot, you look at the brass piles up. I think it's eight, 8.5 or 9,000 rounds of nine per brass bucket, kind of like real life. And uh, they just stack up in the corner. It says how many rounds you shot and how much money you save based on, I don't know if it's 25 or 30 cents a round, something like that. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. There's two fifty to three hundred dollars a case. Yeah, about right. Yeah. There's there's a few folks too that have expressed you know concern like, well, you know, of course you like it. It's a gimmick. It's something new. You know, and it's it's going to be good for you know a week or two, and then you're just going to get bored with it. Well, I mean, I am not a gamer. I I I didn't grow up in the video game era. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a kind of like early or late bloomer Gen Xer, right? So like we were at the advent of Nintendo and and uh, Sony PlayStation and things like that. But I've, I've never been like a, like an adamant gamer, you know, one of these guys that buys everything. So for me, I, I didn't see the value in it as like, oh, this is a really cool video game system. I, like I said, I saw this as a, as like, as, as a great, like, like a great addition to what I'm already doing in dry fire and things. And it's keeping it fresh and interesting, you know? And then when you get new people all the time, kind of entering in the domain as well, and then all of a sudden you see your name kind of topple down the leaderboard and you're like, Oh, Oh, hang on a minute. Let me get my stuff back out. I gotta, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta show these, show these guys, you know, who's boss kind of thing. There's that, there's that hunger and that desire to want to continuously like push yourself as well. So it's, it's really cool, you know, and it, it it's giving you, an opportunity to do things that you've always wanted to do at the range, but because of the cost of ammo and the restrictive, you know, the restrictions in place and just what the cost of things cost, like you wouldn't set up the same drill and shoot it 375 times, you know, over and over and over again. And then the other thing right. about the A system too is you never have to reset steel. You don't have to paint it. You yeah. don't have to paste targets. You just hit A boop, and everything just resets again and you're, you're back in business. So you know, and if you make a mistake on something, you can immediately just reset it and go back and do it again. So like I see it from the from the learning aspect, you know, from a from a learner, you know, from that aspect of just like just run it and run it and run it and experiment and try things that you wouldn't otherwise get to do in real life because of, well, I only brought 300 rounds to the range with me today or while well, I've only got an hour to spend. It's like, man, in an hour on ACE, you could easily go through 2000 rounds pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Now, Tim, can you see that comment on the screen? I can. Okay. Yeah. Nick's asking, how does the system benefit you more than the same amount of trigger presses of dry fire using your action pistol? Uh, for one, the trigger is a, the trigger is a constantly live, right? So in dry fire, whether you're using a Glock or a 1911 or anything like that, 1911s are a little more forgiving because obviously as you, as you press through the wall, you take up the slack and then the hammer falls. 
you still get some some movement in the trigger to constantly be able to press the trigger in dry fire. Whereas, like I say, a Glock, once the trigger goes dead after that first initial press to, to re releases the striker, the trigger is dead. And now you're just pressing against a dead trigger into the frame, which does have some value. Um, but at the same thing, because you're you're initiating movement or implementing movement in the frame of the gun that you're trying to arrest with grip. But with with the with the A system, like as you release the trigger, the trigger releases and you get a wall, you get a you get a sear that breaks, you know, that breaks a trigger all the time. So you're getting you're getting a constant trigger every single time without having to reload the gun, without having to worry about, okay, the hammer's fallen and now I've got a dead trigger. Like you're you're pressing the real deal every time. Well, and and the other thing we talked about too before we went live, the three of us, I think this is a good time, Tim, to talk about grip pressure and trigger control. Oh, absolutely. So the 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 way the gyro sensors are in the controller, they're extremely sensitive to any movement at all as you're moving or as you're as you're pressing the trigger if you're incapable of arresting movement in the gun like with a good support hand grip to hold the pistol still as you're manipulating the trigger you're going to steer the dot or steer the sights completely off the target or off of your intended point of aim so um you know I, like i'm not joking when i say in, in ninety thousand plus trigger presses um and the and the countless hours that i've got kind of even behind the system now um i've 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 overdone it. We, you know, I, <laughs> uh, I've got a little <laughs> bit of tendonitis in my, in my dominant hand, um, simply from, and not from overgripping with my dominant hand, but from basically countering or applying a push against the backstrap of the gun while my support hand is just squeezing the, squeezing the life out of the controller in order to be able to press the trigger, you know, in 1500 splits and not have the dot or not have the sights move off target. So you're getting all of the same repetition with the true feedback that you're that sometimes we're missing or we might be looking for in dry fire um, that we kind of sometimes cheat ourselves out of. The A system's not going to allow you to cheat that. If you do, you're going to have sloppy trigger presses and sloppy shots as a as a result. Yeah, and, and to build on that, uh, Tim, also you know targets you can't shoot in dry fire like movers, swingers, clamshells, oh, Texas absolutely. stars, all that sort of thing. And uh, you did touch on this, but that feedback. So you're going to be able to see your hits. And people say, well, if you're dry firing, you should be able to call your shots. But if you're doing a, a Blake drill in 1.6 seconds in dry fire, like, do you really know those were all A zone presses when you're exactly. when you're doing it? Like, you don't know. So exactly. Uh, yeah. So getting that feedback too. There's some there's some other things too. Like in the drill section, uh, I'm sorry, not the drill section. In the uh, what's the three? So there's like the games and then there's the drills and then there's Drill like a skills and thrills. Yeah. So in the, in the skills section, there's a, there's like five open targets, one at five yards, one at 10 yards or seven, one at 10, one at 15 and one at 20 um, that you can, it's just a free for all. Right. So, uh, and the great thing is, is there's like a, like basically like a dry erase or a chalkboard that's kind of a reflection or almost like a shot call board that's yeah. right next to you. So as you're moving, and, and I work on that a lot, um, where you could transition the gun and, and play everything from like distance change up to, uh, to working on just shot calling directly out of the holster to multiple shots to everything at, at different distances um, on that. And I'll, I'll play around in that domain for 20 to 30 minutes almost daily 
Um, and then you get the live feedback directly on that dry erase board right next to you. Hey, the two shots that I just fired at 20, I don't have to walk down range and paste up the target and see where my hits are at. Your hits are reflected right there on this target that's right next to you where you can see like instant time. Hey, those were two alphas. That first alpha was high. I felt like it was, or that second alpha was low. I felt myself dipping the gun as I pressed the trigger. And so you can focus on correcting those things. Yeah. And I want to add a couple of things real quick, Noah. When when you were letting me test it, um, I like you actually ran a drill and it showed the hits on the target and it showed them in different colors. So the red were deltas, the yellows were Charlie's and the green were alphas, which I liked as well. So you could see, you know, on the target where you're actually impacting. And Nick, I'm going to say this. Um, this is one of those things where, it, man, if if you have a normal, you know, 40 hour work week with commute times and all that, and you come home and, and you know, maybe one of those times you're like, I don't feel like dry firing. I'm tired. I think this game is one of those game changers where it's like, you know what, this is fun. I am getting that instant feedback. I can see what I'm doing. You can plan it like a normal trip to the range where you're like, all right, this is what I'm working on today. This is what I'm doing. Yep. It, man, it, it literally does change it. And I was gripping that pistol when I first started to shoot it. I was like, oh boy, this, I'm terrible. My dot's all over the place. I'm like, I got to grip this thing for real. So mm -hmm. I was literally gripping it like I'm shooting a stage to hold that dot still to, to go where I need to go. Go ahead, yep. Noah. Yeah, and to answer his point, yes. So as soon as you finish a stage, you press kind of the, you know, the button that says I'm finished, which would be like, you know, if finished, I'm loaded, show clear. If you're actually shooting a drill, you press the button, then it'll show the hits. Before then, you can see the hits, uh, kind of like in real life, you know, um, you, you can see holes on the target, but that you can't see the actual colors of the hits or any of the extra information. Yeah, the extra information, right? So you get green circles around the hits if they're alphas, you get yellow circles around the hits if they're Charlies, and you get orange circles around the hits if you shoot deltas. So, but uh, <laughs> nobody shoots those around here. But uh, yeah, so, and that's really cool to give you that, to give you that feedback after the fact as well. But I mean, like it, the the great thing about it is, the realism itself, like how the dot is reflected in the back of the glass, um, you know, like if you're using a red dot. So if you barely move the controller, say one degree left, right, high or low, that dot, right, the holographic dot, just like a real red dot, that dot is reflected either high of the glass, low of the glass. So you get the, the I mean, it's not like when you just present the pistol out there, the dot's always in the center and you just you play around with it like it's not like that at all. So if you've got a bad presentation in real life, guess what? You're probably going to have a bad presentation in the game as well. So if you're hunting around for the dot in real life, guess what? You're probably going to hunt around for the dot, you know, a bit too, trying to learn exactly what your presentation needs to be. Iron sights work the same way. Um, they've done their homework, especially just with the ballistics as well and the feedback. So like even on the iron sight guns, um, if you're, if you're deviating the front sight to the left side of the rear notch or right side of the rear notch or high or low, that deviation standard ref is, is reflexive the exact same way as it is in real life. Um, meaning if I'm running, if I'm running the front sight as high as it will go in the rear notch at a target, that's a, you know, a distance of 10 to 15 yards, even within the game, 
it can still be an alpha as long as the rear sight's centered on the target, but that shot's going to be like very, very high top, top, you know, kind of cuts the top of the perforation of the A zone. So that alpha Charlie line, if you deviate it left, right, or low, you get the same deviation levels that you do in, in reality within the game as well. So, you know, if you transition the gun and you're trying to steer the gun dot first, instead of steering the back of the gun to the target and you expect the dot to be there, good luck. Cause it's not going to be there because you're steering the gun around, you know, separate from your entire structure. So like as it's, it's got amazing feedback that is, I mean, I want to say it's just like it is shooting the real thing, you know, sans a loud bang in your house and, and holes all over the place. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and the thing that Noah even demonstrated when I was there is that you can, you know, you can use activators for swingers and things. It's not just, oh, I have a swinger out there virtually to shoot at. You can actually work on timing with hitting activators and then swingers. Uh, so, and I was even just with the Texas Stars, it was like, oh yeah, getting that timing down, working on hitting those plates before oh, the yeah. thing starts going, you know, crazy on you. So, and even on the activators, you brought that up, uh, depends on where you hit them. So, if you hit them closer to the top, they're going to fall faster. It's going to activate sooner. If you hit them like right at the bottom of where it would be calibrated, it's going to go then go like this so uh, all of that all of that is reflected accurately uh you brought up you know the ballistics the height over bore so like for example the open gun with the frame mounted dot has a higher height over bore than the uh the, the slide the slide ride uh guns and you know that's affected too on the zeros so like that gun uh currently uh we're not able to uh zero the guns but that is coming in the future same thing with kind of the uh the dot intensity and the notch filter you were talking about all those in color all those will be adjustable in the future when we have our customization overhaul but uh the the zero it's cool because with the higher height over bore than with a 15 yard zero you're gonna get more deviation on the 40 yard targets than you would um, so all the ballistics are you know basically spot on um, you know, including if you're in the VTAC barricade shooting sideways, all that will function just like it would in real life. So, wow. Now, Tim, what, what is your, what's the favorite thing about the system for you to practice on? Is there anything in particular to like, this is the one thing I practice all the time with this? Uh, yeah. So I, like I, like I had mentioned earlier, um, in the, uh, in the in the skill building section, uh, which is it's kind of an untimed. Um, I I wish there was a way you could utilize the timer in that, so you could work on like draw to presentation and things like that in there, separate from like a drill with the leaderboard. Is I work on the kind of that distance change up where I can I can focus on things like accelerator. I can work on um, designated target drills uh, where you've got five targets at varying distances, and you can just work. Uh, and I spend. I spend a majority of my time in there, like literally utilizing the the system as that I it was designed for my my benefit, which is, uh, which is a drill, you know. So like I'll work in that and just and work different transitional drills for quite a while, and then I'll go into like the actual drills category or you know and and shoot some of the stages, uh, stages that I really really I I really enjoy shooting a lot are the. Um, there's two versions. One's called Don't Miss, and the other one's called Don't Miss Classic. So, and it's got like steel plates at about 15 to 18 yards with like no shoots behind them. So it's a very, very high risk, uh, but also high reward stage. 
Uh, and then uh, there's another stage called movers, which has got uh, two poppers that activate a moving target and a, a swinging target with also five plates too. And just work in different scenarios or different sequences of target sequencing on those. I really enjoy that one as well. Um, it, it really drives your eyes to picking up, you know, did I, am I just sweeping the gun through steel or am I, am I really stopping the gun like I need to? Um, in real life, I've never really been a huge fan of steel challenge. However, um, having the leaderboards and all the steel challenge uh, stages within the game too, uh, to kind of play with and experiment with as well. Um, has been kind of eye-opening and it's something I've kind of missed out on in years past by not shooting steel challenge matches. And this gives me an opportunity to kind of play around with uh, with different sequences and things for steel challenge as well, which has been been a lot of fun. It's very engaging. Tim, something, uh, something to touch on super quick is on the paper zeroing range you're talking about or any of the open ranges, you can use the shot timer. So what you, you do is you put the gun kind of over it, the shot timer will highlight and get a white outline and you press the A button to kind of push the stop shot timer. It'll give you a randomized beep and then it'll record all your splits. You can go back down on it and go through your splits. So you can use it on any of the ranges. That would have been nice to know. Oh, yeah. well, I didn't even know if it worked on that specific range. I knew it worked on the open ranges. I didn't know if it worked on the paper zeroing range, but I just checked real quick, so. Very cool, okay. I heard yeah. the beep. Yeah. yeah, I got all sweaty when it when it beeped. <laughs> I forgot what I was thinking about. <laughs> all right. So, but yeah, now, I mean, and th there's other stages and I'm just like, I don't know, I'll spend a little time with it. it, it, it the, the great thing is, is there's a plethora of things to do and some are probably going to tickle your fancy a little bit more than others. You know, uh, so like me, I've never been a big like bill drill or uh mozambique drill or like the shooting from retention stuff to me is like meh it's okay but i'll spend a little time you know kind of like trying to post some good scores or things like that on there once in a while because i do find there is some value you know like some small intrinsic value on those particular stages as well but uh yeah i mean other things that really kind of that, that really tickle me a lot are, like i said are like the movers uh moving plates uh you know and some of the actual like uh USPSA style stages as well. Yeah, and, and something really fun, Tim, once you get uh, more room to play around with is really practicing like the finesse of movement, which I'm sure you know all about, but you can really yeah. fine tune it. You can be like, should I do two side steps here? Should I decelerate here? Should I start pre-aiming this corner here or here? And you can really kind of tune in, tune in on some of those things. Yep. Um, it's a lot of fun. And I think the, the, the thing I like about steel challenge is if you ask me, it's the best competition for draw to first shot and transitions. Sure. So that's all it is, you know, exactly. So n having that ability in virtual reality and being able to shoot that really gives you something to kind of focus on and get, get good there. Yep. But the other thing and you had mentioned it, I'm starting to see more and more moving targets at matches. And oh, yeah. I, th I think there's going to be some at area eight and there are actual, and I'm not talking bobbers and swingers and things, you know, and, um, drop turners, but actual moving targets in this system. So people yep. can actually practice leading the target, engaging the target. So maintaining trigger control as they are engaging a, an actual moving target. So I think that would be really cool to add 
um, to also just like the, instead of just in the drills to add to kind of like the skill building side of things too, like, uh, like with the, the accelerator drill, it's just a single, a single steel and a, a swinger, right. Or a single steel on a clamshell where you could just, just mm. focus on, you know, or maybe a, a multitude of different steel targets and like getting comfortable. How many steel targets can you squeeze in before the clamshell closes or, you know, uh, maybe a drop turner target or a swinger, uh, being able to add swingers that have like no shoots attached to them or hardcover on them. Um, you know, making swingers even harder, I think would be. Now I know some of the other people that are probably using the a system are like, shut up, Tim. But I, I think it would be cool because those no, are that stuff is super fun. I think Especially- those are things that you're seeing truly in matches um, you know, and very, very limited visibility, um, swingers that where you don't get just on a dwell, but swingers that you only get like, you know, like a wall and you only get to see it like it's, as it's mid swing too, would be, but I mean, I think those would be great things to also work on like skill building, um, you know, that, that cross over right into reality, not just neat challenges for within the, within the system as well. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, one thing you touched on there, too, is kind of like practicing these things that you can't do in real life. And something that's going to be the next update, I'll give a little sneak peek, is going to be something we're calling series uh, mode. So series are basically a combination of drills stringed together that create a, a like a match environment. So you get, you know, one try to shoot these four stages in a row. And when, when you're doing that, you... Instead of kind of going the 110% that you're going on some of these things to try to get these leaderboard skills or, or leaderboard runs, you're going to have to run them uh, more like a match, you know, and not like shoot them consistently. And especially once, uh, you know, for example, last Thursday, we did a live match on our Discord. I know you just joined Discord, so you didn't know about it, Tim. But uh, basically somebody was like, oh, we should shoot Steel Challenge. And I was like, why don't we do it on Thursday? And basically we had a couple people in there on multiplayer. We all ran through four different stages, five times each. I just pulled the data from the back end and manually crunched it. But in the future, we'll be able to, you know, have that in the game and have, you know, matches you can register for and go to and get that match pressure in like your dry fire where, where else are you getting that? You know, like, yeah. And like you said, you're, you're really busy training people. So you only really shoot majors, you said uh, for the most part. And, you know, you're not, able to shoot as many matches as you want uh, for me you know i'm three-year-old i'm i'm busy i'm working all the time and um i only probably shoot 10 to 12 matches a year and that's going to be really good for me to kind of simulate that match pressure and know where my limit is and uh, really train that and you know what know when i can push know what type of targets i have to kind of pull back on and be a little bit more careful on and to get the best scores to my abilities so that's right. super awesome so that brings a couple of questions um, one of the things I wanted to get into at some point was squad competition and virtual matches like the old postal matches, mm-hmm. but virtual. Yeah. And, and two, something Tim was talking about earlier, being able to see someone's screen. What if let's say I'm, I'm, so we'll talk about the, the postal match thing in just a moment. That one's that's part a of the question. Part B, let's say I'm a student of Tim's. And Tim's like, I want you to run the, he sends me an email and says, Hey, I want you to run this drill and this drill in the ACE system. Is there a way for me to save what I did and for Tim to review what I did? Oh, absolutely. Okay. 
Yeah, so there's two ways you could do that. Number one, I know you said, uh, uh, Tim, before, you know, with the Zoom call and be able to see what they're doing live. Uh, you could actually do that right now. The way you would set that up is, uh, as I'm sure you know, on the Oculus, you could cast to either a computer or a television. So what you could do is cast their dominated eye to your computer screen. And then their Zoom, their, like on Zoom, basically they would use their camera to show their grip and stance and then share their screen at the same time. And then they could share that cast. So you'd be able to see what they're seeing and see what they're doing at the same time as you're kind of monitoring them. You wouldn't be able to be wow. in headset at the same time. Uh, but we have talked, you know, internally about maybe adding that to our mobile app, which we do have a mobile app. I don't know if you're on there yet, but we're looking to build that out more and more in the future, add push notifications, all that sort of thing to get people more engaged and like, hey, Tim, just beat your high score. You should jump on and do it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so that that is stuff we're looking to add. Um, and Dave, sorry, I forgot the second half of your question. Virtual matches like postal matches, um, squad competitions, like a holding a virtual practical shooting match with a yeah. group of people. Yeah. So uh, something we're looking to do soon with these series. So the series are going to be implemented in the next update when that goes live. And you'll you know have leaderboards for those kind of like you do now. But in the future, we want to have them be like weekly challenges. So like uh, right now we have daily challenges, uh, which... I, I forgot if it was this morning or last morning, uh, but I logged on at like 7.50 and you had already shot your 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 daily challenge of the day. And I'm like, this guy, Tim, like I, I did not be- He doesn't like a, sleep. He won't you, put it down. Yeah, you got like a 17 on plate rack and I got like a 15, but uh, we're looking at like weekly series challenge. So there might be three series for this week. And then it's kind of the same system where you could- try it up to three times and, you know, you get your best score out of three to account for, you know, if your toddler is jumping on your leg or you're, you know, somebody's yelling at you, whatever it is, you get a couple of extra tries, but uh, kind of your best score, your best run out of three tries for the week for a couple different stages. That's something we're looking to add. So that'd be kind of like a weekly postal match, Dave, uh, to answer yeah. that. And in the future, you know, we want to have some live matches too, whether those are in person, um, you know, these are just potential things we've talked about, but also they could be online. It could be, you could run, you know, ace nationals uh, over the course of a week, for example, and you could squad up, um, you know, hopefully this will be on our mobile app in the future, you know, some stuff similar to practice score. So you can kind of like say like, oh, we're going to shoot at 9 p.m. on Thursday night. And then you meet your, your buddies there, you're shooting it. Uh, but be able to review kind of the times, the hit factors, all the kind of data that you you expect from practical shooting. So something we're looking Talk into. Smack. Yeah. So so yeah. So both uh, we call them asynchronous or synchronous, which synchronous is like live, so live competition, but also uh, you know asynchronous, which is basically like there's an objective and then people are shooting the same thing over a certain amount of time, and then kind of your scores are tallied up at the end of the time period allotted. So okay. Anything coming out for rifle stuff in the future? Any talk of that? Yeah, so it would be really cool um, in VRPS that, uh, you know, that kind of alpha version of the game that I talked about before, um, there was rifle support there. Um, I do have my own rifle controller that only works on that game. You know, it's 3D printed. It takes AR stocks and all that sort of thing. It's super awesome, but uh, just because, uh, you know, this is not... Uh, Basically, we, we need to tread carefully with, uh, you know, scary black rifle type of things in terms of being on the meta platform. So that's our biggest concern with adding rifles, just because generally handguns are viewed as defensive weapons. Rifles are kind of more offensive weapons. And 
uh, we need to make sure that we don't get deplatformed by Facebook in the future. So, okay. But it's definitely a possibility. It's just uh, not a right now type thing. Okay. Gotcha. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you guys think we should discuss? I, I'm not seeing anything that sticks out on my list. Goodness. I don't know. I, I think we've covered quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, the only thing I, I will add is, um, Noah ran like, a some type of mini stage again in Nevada. And I mean, you were shooting low ports cause you had to get down on a knee to be able to shoot through a low port. So I, I mean, are there, I, I'm not aware as I was trying to think about it later, I'm like, I, if you can do all of that and you had set up boxes, like you move from one spot to another and you were shooting while you were moving and ending. I mean, I can't think really of, I almost feel like the possibilities are endless. Yeah, they are. And uh, really it's kind of down to the size constraint you can play it in. So if you, uh, you know, have a, have a big area like a gym or a, a, you know, a giant living room or a ballroom or something like that. You could potentially run full size USPSA stages on it, uh, supports full movement. Like you said, also squatting, uh, shooting over things, uh, shooting around things, all of that is already in the game. Um, so yeah, the possibilities really there are, are endless. Um, that being said, uh, we kind of design our stages based on assuming people have a smaller amount of area to play because not everybody has a, you know, a large basement or, or gym to run around. And we want to make sure our content is accessible to as many people as possible. So. Okay. All right. Well, gentlemen, if that's, uh, if that's everything, then I appreciate you guys coming on. I think, uh, I think there will be a lot of people who will listen to this and get some benefit from it. And, and maybe it'll answer some of their questions like Nick's about what it can and can't do and the benefits. Almost definitely. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And thank you guys for watching. Yeah. Dave, thanks for having us on. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it a lot. Thanks, Noah. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Mm -hmm.